0: this is Carrie Brownstein. This is
1: DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. Tribe Cold Quest. Fred Armisen.
0: Fritz Paul.
1: Javier Munoz. Frankie
2: Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim. And you're listening to the Talk House Podcast.
0: Hello and welcome to the Talk House Podcast. I'm Josh Modell. Today we've got an episode from the Not Too Distant Archives featuring a lively conversation between Mac DeMarco and Daeglo, a.k.a. producer-songwriter Sloan Struble. The reason we're bringing this episode back to you is the imminent release of Daeglo's new album, Harmony House, which comes out May 21st, and which Struble describes in this conversation as Michael McDonald playing a D50. Now, Daeglo kind of blew up over the past year or so, and this conversation catches him in a reflective mode as the 21-year-old is questioned by relative veteran Mac DeMarco about his budding career. It's such a sweet, friendly chat. They talk about touring, the industry, what they're kind of after in their craft, that we wanted to share it with you again. Listen for the phrase Tony Bologna as well, which is incredibly endearing. Enjoy.
1: Well, nice to meet you, Sloan.
0: Yeah, it's
2: nice to meet you as well.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to get to know you today. I don't don't know too much about you, but I I do know a few things about you. This
2: this Daniel Connection.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Daniel Daniel McNeil, Uh, (laughs) ex-Texan. He was here last night, actually. And I've met Nori that plays in your band as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. Another Texas boy. Short for Norris,
2: right? It is short for Norris, which is his middle name, first name Matthew. Uh,
1: He's got a lot going on. (laughs) I didn't know that. I know Dan pretty well now, but I don't know Nori really. But yeah. uh, but he's been over to the crib once. But um, just uh, g- give me a little, little, uh, <laughs> you know, a little splash. Give me a crash course. Yeah. On what you do.
2: Well, I'm a young man. I'm 20 years old. I've been working with music as long as I can remember. Put out an album on the internet. The internet did its thing, and now I'm here. Okay. Yeah.
1: And you live in Austin.
2: I do, yeah. I'm, I'm from a small town called Alledo.
1: Is that, that in, in Texas Yeah, too? yeah,
2: yeah. Just kind of oh. like west of Fort Worth, football town. And I moved to Austin initially for college, but I'm still here now and not an attendant of the University of Texas.
1: Mm. And the music that you release is called Dayglow. A uh, funny fact about the name Dayglow. I actually know a bunch of Japanese kids with the same band name, but I think theirs doesn't have vowels. Yes, D Y G L. Yeah, yeah, those kids. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I found that out after deciding to call my music. But it's good <laughs> stuff. It is.
1: Nice kids. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. What? What is? It? Take me more down the road of your tunes. How would you describe your music? Give me the juice. The juice production is probably my first. Love
2: and my only my only love with music. Like, I love performing and, you know, making content and stuff. But I initially, I, I just started out with being obsessed with, like, gear and finding out how songs were recorded and made. So just started mm. out with GarageBand, and then it kind of went down like a rabbit hole of synth stuff. I've just always loved making the music. And so Dayglow is kind of the product of like collecting a bunch of demos that I had that made sense together and then released that. But, you, you know, I've got my trap beats here. I've got my- Respect. You know, Connor Oberst inspired stuff over here and Daiglo is kind of just that middle ground.
1: If you had to put a genre on what you've released as Daiglo, what, would you, what um, would you put?
2: Pop music? I would say, yeah, like indie pop, you know? Uh, yeah, the the I indie. See label.
1: Nice. I'm curious, actually, because I think when I was, I mean, I'm 30, so I'm a, a little bit older than you. Yeah. I guess. But um, I feel like nowadays, I don't think the indie means the same thing as it did maybe when I was a teenager yeah. or even before that. I'm curious, you know, you're a youth. Still? Yeah,
2: I would, I would definitely agree with you on that. Um, it kind of does make me cringe when I'm like, it's indie music. Because that can just be interpreted in
1: so many different ways. I mean, I, not cringe. I mean, it's interesting enough already. Where like, you know, inherently the term means independent. For a while, probably it's it's meant. You know, there's a sound attached to the, mm-hmm. you know, the label or whatever. But I mean, even now it's like, um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. It's like you know, an indie record. you re, you record all your own stuff at, at your crib, right? right? Yeah, yeah. That, Cause I do too, and that kind of that's a big part of that thing for me, where it's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, it's like homemade. I don't know. I guess I'm trying to say like nowadays a record could come out with that indie sound, but there's like songwriters, producers, engineers, all the ingredients that go into like somebody trying to be on the top forty. But for some reason, they're still like, nah, nah, yeah, it's indie, right? You know? it just like, as
2: remnants of like MGMT, and then it's
1: indie, you know? Yeah confusing to me I don't know mm-hmm. but is it is it really worth putting all this thought into I don't know right
2: like, yeah you know. it's easy to overthink it for sure but yeah I mean you're you're definitely an artist that I've looked up to for a while considering like how self-involved you were and like self-dependent and I think that is the charming thing about indie music or it should be that it is independent and like literally homemade like in a home mm-hmm. I, I think Mm. The textures of that kind of get taken advantage of sometimes, but um, it
1: tell me that's what I'm interested in too because I love to mm-hmm. home record. I'm an interesting case because I, I mean, I've i been to studios, I've worked all over the place now, but for the most part, with my music, it's I'm in my garage right now, and mm-hmm. everything happens in here, and I still even have this little chip on my shoulder where I'm kind of like, I don't really like people playing on it, I don't really like other people engineering it, yeah, because I like feel. It feels weird to me, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I love it. And I think, you know, I get like a special different, uh, outcome. I think when you're like doing it in your PJs at your house, but right. I don't know what was, how do you feel about it? Do you like want to do it, right? Like you're not just trying to, Yeah,
2: like, yeah. You, you like doing it at home. Uh, initially, well, I really didn't have a choice being from Alito and being like a young kid. Like I kind of had to learn how to do all of it, but I've also realized as time's gone on, um, It's really just my nature and personality to want to be doing it by myself. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I was actually having a good talk with Nori, our mutual friend, Mm -hmm. about this. And I I was kind of just reflecting on the concept of how like on Spotify, it's like an artist page. You know, like the word nowadays is artist. And when you think of the word artist, that's really just like a singular person and then what they create is their art like a reflection of it but nowadays you know not to like bash on drake or something but like <laughs> drake is an artist you know but he has so many other people involved creating his art and so i think mm-hmm. it's just a tricky thing nowadays where like you know music is kind of art but it's also entertainment and it's also like form of, of like streamed media so i don't know it's just this yeah. whole
1: blur i think it depends on the scale too And with social media, I think that a lot of the time there'll be a a wildly popular artist nowadays, but like maybe their Instagram posts are more important than their music, which is, you know, I'm not, I'm not coming down on it. I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm not on any of that stuff, so I don't really care, but it's like, it's interesting what I was saying about the indie thing too, is that it's like, it's all kind of melded together. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's not its not like over here, there's the indie pot. Here's the top 40 thing. These worlds don't collide because they right. do collide now. It's you true. You know, it's like uh, the, the internet's kind of just taken all the walls out. I think especially for like like younger, younger kids that are engaging with music or listening to stuff online. It's like, you know, I've had people that like don't see the difference between me and like a big, big, you know, someone that like charts in the top 10 or something. It's like, and I'm kind of like, wow. Yeah. that's crazy you know it's like because I, I don't know you, it's just like I guess it's just right up next to one another you find it through the same channels or something I don't know it's weird uh, it's confusing to me yeah it, it's, it is confusing it's not
2: a yeah it's like an odd thing to like be frustrated about but I I don't know I think it does matter like because people are so deeply involved especially with musicians like you were talking about with social media how like being in musician is more than just like playing music which is kind of nuts but people are just so deeply involved with like what you do other than making music
1: um and I mean they they can't they can be that's what I think I mean it's I mean I don't I haven't been on it in two years of social media and before it was just pictures of me like doing double chin photos or whatever (laughs) but I think uh there are a lot of instances where it is like you know this like choose your own adventure, like, you know, uh, the fans are right there. And I I love talking to kids that like my music, like in real life or at shows or whatever, but the social media, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. Yeah, not not for me. So I I don't know, but it, yeah, it is weird. It's a weird landscape to make music in. I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm talking, not even with, we haven't even got to the coronavirus or anything yet, but uh, just in general. Mm. What a crazy world we live in. Crazy True, world.
2: very true. It's strange. Yeah, a lot, a lot of points to talk about, but.
1: Yeah. Okay, back to uh, the, the points that matter. Where were you at with like everything going on with you know, whatever's going on in your world or life or whatever when the virus hit mm. and how you feeling about it now?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, it sucked. When it started, um, I was on the very first day of a drive from Austin to Chicago, um, starting uh-huh. pretty much my first headline tour. Oh. The whole thing was sold out. And on the drive up, I had to, like, cancel everything. Yeah. It was terrible. And then the, the drive yeah, back sucks. from Chicago, as you would assume, was low spirits. Yeah, it was really odd because... I'd initially just like forced myself to quarantine practically uh, before the tour because I thought this was going to be such a busy year. So I'd already Mm. been kind of lonely and like excited to to go on tour and then, you know, spent many more months doing the exact same thing. I'm sorry. (laughs) At first, it was like extremely isolating because nobody really knew how serious it was. And I feel like the first thing that went was like touring. Oh, yeah. Um, it'll be so, the last thing to come back. Correct, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it just felt like, was I overreacting? And like, I was so stoked for this tour to happen because it, everything's been like doing really well for me, but it just doesn't translate when it's all on a screen, you know? Like I have these mm. fans, but like I haven't met any. And so I was just stoked for things to kind of feel like they weren't just living in my head and like getting to play some yeah. shows. And yeah, it's it's weird that I have to wait. Even longer, and like things are still growing. So next time I tour, which feels like it'll never happen, I'll probably be in just much bigger rooms. So I never really got to take like steps towards it. So it's just kind of mm. a weird buffer zone.
1: That is a trippy thing. Yeah. To like splash into the big spots. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Because have, have you toured? Have you toured really before, or are you just kind of um, was kind of the, the jump?
2: Yeah. Well. I mean, Dayglo is the first thing I've ever even had the opportunity to to do or be a part of just because I'm so young. But we we toured supporting COIN oh cool, and did like, I think, eight shows with them and then did some headline shows after that. We were gone for like a month and a half and then went to the UK with Hobo Johnson, which was cool. I think did like 10 shows.
1: Um, I met that kid in the parking lot once.
2: Oh, wow. Tell me. Tell me this story.
1: We were going, I was going to Vintage King uh, Pro Audio in uh, Los Angeles. I was on their website this morning. (laughs) I was buying a a BNC cable to clock some things together. And he was buying some monitors. Nice. And we said hello. Yeah, Yeah, nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah, uh, parking lot, parking lot style. Anyway, sorry, continue.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So... Long story short, touring is something I've been waiting to do and I keep waiting and it's just going to hit me in the face next year if it happens, which will be a nice, you know, comforting slap, but it'll be a
1: slap for sure. I was in a funny situation when everything, because I've been on tour pretty much nonstop for the last like maybe like 10, 10, 11 years or something. Like since I was maybe, I've been touring since I was like 18 a lot. I mean, doing shows before that, but really, like, mm-hmm. going on tour. And we just kind of never stopped. Like, we just never stopped, and I've been doing it for forever. And I really, I love it. I think it's great, and I think, you know, but it was getting to a point this year where a lot of people were kind of like, hey, Mac, you okay, bud? i drinking a lot out there. Not looking too healthy. Like, right. maybe you need to take a little, you know. And I was like, oh, I'm fine. Relax. And then, boom, quarantine. So it's like, the you know, I, I have this break now. Uh, we had to cancel a bunch of stuff, but um, I think, yeah, the first thing we were supposed to do before it got uh, everything started getting canceled was uh, we were supposed to go play in China. So oh, wow. at that point in time, yeah, that wasn't going to go down. But uh, the first couple of months I was like, wow, this is crazy. I haven't been home for more than like two months in like a decade, you know? And so it, it took getting used to. And then now I'm definitely at the point again now where I just straight up miss it mm-hmm. a lot, you know? And I don't really know what to do. You know, it's like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock rolls around and I get this. uh, It's like this weird, like, I'm supposed to be on stage right now. You know, Uh it's it's weird. I've been having a lot of thoughts about like, uh, you know, because it is our our industry, as people would call it, definitely the first to just disappear, like large large crowds of people not Mm -hmm. happening. And then it'll be the last thing to come back to. And then sometimes, you know, I go through little ebbs and flows of kind of being like, what i do is so stupid it's so stupid you know <laughs> but then i'm like no no it's important it's important yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, I don't know i think it's just made me take it a lot less seriously or yeah something. And, may, and maybe enjoy it as well uh, like you know really uh not take it for granted i don't know it's it's funny too though even making music because you know, I've had all the time in the world to, to like, I could be in here recording and writing songs all day and doing this and that. But I think like the the concept of, you know, I come in here, I pick up a guitar and I'm kind of in the, in the back of my mind somewhere, there's like, well, I don't know when you'll be able to play this in front of people. And like that kind of puts <laughs> like a stopper on the whole process, right. you know? So I don't know. It's just like, there's like a mental block or something. During the quarantine, I've needed things I've needed uh, tasks or like hobbies with like a finite end point, you know, like uh, right. like mixing a song. I mean, that doesn't—it's not even that finite, but you can finish, you know. Mm-hmm. But like anything creative is kind of tough. Me and me and uh, Dan McNeil, who you know, we've been working on cars because that, you know, you you put you put a new spark plug in, boom, right? You're done. <laughs> you finish. Yeah, Daniel finish. too. He just—he's crazy with.
2: I've heard so many Daniel. stories through Nori just like fixing gear and like he just seems to know how to do that kind of stuff. He
1: knows everything. He's a, he's great. Well, I'll give him a little plug here. Mr. <laughs> Daniel McNeil. I think he's <laughs> think he's the same age as me. I think he's 30, incredibly handsome uh audio engineer all around uh well versed uh, handyman uh, in Los Angeles if you're looking for any uh if you're looking for any audio work out here <laughs> look the guy up people let's go um, but yeah he knows how to do everything it's crazy i've spent a lot of time with this guy he's a, he's a, he's a gem he's yeah. just a treat it's cool <laughs> yeah I actually pierced his ear the other night oh wow i've never done that before yeah man so now i yeah now i know how to pierce I know how to give the tattoos, but I don't have any piercing, no no tattoos, so. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, Uh, Dan McNeil. (laughs) Uh, But I I don't know, tell me more about your quarantine. I I get curious how people have reacted with all this.
2: Yeah, for me, like I was telling you about the whole tour situation, I kind of came back just bummed and I was so ready to be like doing music because I'm, you know, right at the beginning of everything. Um, So it's just mostly been mixing and finishing the second record kind of in a different light than I thought it would be in with everything going on. I'm kind of looking at these songs differently and kind of approaching it differently than I would have if there wasn't a global pandemic going on. But like, like you were saying, it ebbs and flows. You know, everybody's got days where they feel like they can kind of get the hang of this and then it feels like this is just terrible. So the past few days I've been productive. Days before that, I was not. Mm. I don't know how long it's going to go on, but yeah, just working on music however much I can.
1: Keeping busy. Kind of makes you look at your whole life, doesn't it? And go, wow, isn't this funny? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Look at this. Oh, the way that we've been doing things for the last couple of years. Oh, look at this. Oh. uh,
2: Yeah. There's kind of just
1: like, also this pressure
2: to like, if you're an artist, I've heard so many, like, there's been so many interviews where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what all these artists come up with, with all this time. It's kind of like this pressure that it's like our responsibility to, to make stuff. And I, I've kind of, because of that, don't don't want to do anything.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like a lot of my friends that I've been talking to are like, I mean, I think the vibe is is pretty heavy on a lot of people, and it's kind of like you know, I've I have a lot of friends that are in the same boat as me, where it's like, I don't want to make shit, you know, with this this thing that's going. It's we, you know, what I'm worried about is that as soon as we come out of this, if you know whatever happens, you know, I don't know how it's gonna blow over or whatever mm-hmm. if, it, if it does or who knows, but I I just I have this feeling that we're just gonna have all of these albums that are like, oh baby, in the lockdown, yeah, you know, it's just like. <laughs> I'm good. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm real good on that one. You know, it's like, so I don't know. It's interesting too. You know, it's like uh, people are confused and they they jump, you know, like a lot of like, you know, remember the first two, three months there was like live stream galore. Like everyone's doing these live streams and mm-hmm. it was kind of like, I, maybe it's lost its cuteness now or maybe I just don't see it anymore. But it's like, I don't yeah. know. These like huge artists that you know have like a multi-million dollar studio in their house recording their song on like their laptop mic it's like just plug a 58 in (laughs) right (laughs) like just anything just one you know yeah like your records go platinum Mm. just give me the fidelity yeah just a little bit you know like come on i don't know Mm. it's been funny it's it's interesting too i I have a lot of friends that are because i'm not a very social guy these days i mean I, i can be and i you know I like to play shows and I like to see people sometimes and stuff, but I also don't really have a problem being in my house all the time and just, you know, doing something, you yeah. know, whatever, tinker in a way, it's something. But a lot of my friends, you know, especially in Los Angeles, like a lot of people I know are just socialites and they need to be out all the time. And they, d- and I feel like, especially in the last couple of weeks, like people like that have really uh, felt the pain in a, in an interesting way. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I have friends that have gone off traveling or people that, you know, it's like they're trying to find, I don't know, somewhere that, that, that this stuff isn't going on it, you know, and, it's, it's, and maybe they'll find a sliver of it or a little thing or, you know, go to Europe or try something, you know, but it's like this thing's going on all over, all over the world. Like I really think mm-hmm. that a resistance is futile. I think right. you just kind of got to take it in and just uh, find peace. You yeah, know, you just got to find peace. Have
2: you found, like, this rest from touring? Like, obviously, it's not a nice thing that there's a global pandemic, but has it kind of been a good thing for you to have that, this, like, forced block of time where you, like, can't tour?
1: In a way, yeah. The only thing I worry about is... um my finances, but I those Correct. are. I mean, yeah. even that is like we're we're okay. You know, it's not as long as I don't go any like really stupid shopping sprees or something. Then <laughs> I think we're, we'll be okay. But but yeah, it's it's really you know it makes me think about what I do, why I do it, mm-hmm. will I keep doing it? You know, it's like there a couple months of this thing. Like I haven't I haven't really been doing music that much, and it's like the first time in my like you know grown up life or whatever mm-hmm. that I haven't really done it and I think about that fact and I'm kind of like it, it's, how does it make me feel you know I do love it I think I've had enough time away from it that I'm kind of like I want to keep you know at least just making little things or something if for anybody maybe or, or maybe just for myself or just yeah. to whatever but it's weird I feel you know I feel a lot healthier than I did I haven't had a drink the whole quarantine either which oh wow which is funny because I I tell people that and they're like wow man right on but it's like in in reality it's like I'm not the kind of guy that has like a beer with dinner. Like if I'm going to get drunk, I'm going to get like drunker than everybody else as quickly as possible. Like that's my kind of, you know, that's the kind of alcoholic that I am, but you know, there's, there's nobody around, so it's been fine, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's, and I like that. And that even that makes me think about, you know, where we're at and I don't know, it's really interesting. You know, even when shows do come back, it's like, I, I guess I was in a funny position where you know, we had already pretty much finished the album cycle for my last album. Mm-hmm. We toured it for like a year or whatever. So I don't know. I guess I could make something new. I don't really know if I'm going to go back to doing the thing way we were doing it before. Am I even interested in going back? I don't know. It's kind of exciting in a way, but also sad and also strange yeah. and also confusing. Yeah. But hey, just taking it day right. by day. That's
2: all you can do. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm curious. um, because you've been touring, you probably started around my age, right? If I'm, I'm 20. Uh,
1: yeah, or maybe like seriously touring probably at 19. I did a couple tours when I was 18, but we like, Man. probably the first time we did like the horseshoe of the States was when I was 19 or something. It is crazy now, you know, because I get to meet kids like you or, or I have a lot of other friends and bands that are younger than me that, you know start they either have a support tour or you know play these venues that you know like having a sold-out show right off the bat I think it's amazing but it's also like when we when we started touring it was like (laughs) we were playing like four people in North Ontario you know there's no one or like like three dudes high on acid in like their girlfriend's basement in Uh Detroit or something just like (laughs) there was no one there (laughs) but uh but I, yeah, I mean, and then every once in a while you'd get a show that was kind of cool. But but yeah, I think um, I've been doing it for a long time.
2: Yeah. I, I was I was just curious, like, how you started, I guess. Like, what initially made you fall in love
1: with music and has kept you going? When I was even younger than that, I think it was when I got into high school. I, I met a bunch of kids that were a little older than I, and they they were in bands and they were playing shows. and And I had already been playing music a little bit before I got into high school and mm-hmm. playing guitar. But you know, it it was kind of the moment where I realized, like, oh, I don't have to keep practicing. I mean. You know, no no diss on anybody that is like a virtuosic shredder, but there was a while where I was like, I can't I don't want to play in front of anybody until I can like play as good as Joe Satriani or you know, uh-huh. like that kind <laughs> of right. guitar guitar lesson vibe. But I met these kids and I was like, oh these kids I like, can't even you know, they don't even know how to play as well as I can, but their bands are like amazing and they're playing these like broken guitars and and it sounds crazy and You know, and then I I started going to local shows a lot and meeting like a lot of like local artists and stuff that were older. And and, and the scene at the time, I grew up in a relatively like, it wasn't a small town, but it's like, you know, not a very famous city in Canada, Edmonton, Alberta. I mean, it's famous for some reasons, but for some reason at that point in time, the scene was pretty good. And there were a lot of bands around and a lot of stuff going on. So I got to uh, experience it. And I think, I don't know, I just caught like a bug from it or something. And I was like, okay, I like this. Moved to Vancouver eventually uh, to the west of Canada and uh, yeah, got in the scene there and and met a bunch of people and and then eventually was in Montreal after that. And by the time we were in Montreal, we were touring all the time. Vancouver is kind of where it started, but yeah, I don't know. I had these ideas in my mind where it was like, Whoa, like I can, you know, it all starts with like, I can record myself. Like, wow. Yeah. So you do that. And then it's like, I could like burn CDs and like go buy these CD slips. It's weird, like CD warehouse place in like the suburbs, like, wow. You know, and then you actually want me to be on the bill of your show? Like, wow. (laughs) And then it's like, man, like we can go on tour? Like, wow. You know, and it all just kind of unfolds as, Mm. (laughs) but the channels, I mean, the way we did it, it was like back in those days. It was like, you know, you hear about bands that were playing at these venues, like the Smell or Market Hotel or, you know, Friendship Cove or something or just places that you heard the name of in different cities Mm -hmm. across the continent. And you just send emails. You send emails to bands that played there. You send emails to promoters or just to like the MySpace of like the venue or something and try and get a slot. And sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Like we had, it's funny. I can't imagine me trying to book my own tour now. That would be a nightmare. But... But back in the day, it was just like you know we'd have this like loose, weird like two month tour of like yeah I think we can play here on Wednesday. They said it was cool like two months ago, and then you roll in, roll into town and they're like who are you guys? Or like <laughs> oh yeah no like the venue's closed now. It's like you know a lot of <laughs> turmoil, but mm-hmm. it was great. You know I had a really really nice time. Even the first you know by the time we I had, we were like Mac DeMarco band or whatever, and the first couple times we toured that. I remember the first tour we did, it was all over the States and we went, you know, we played a lot of places that bands usually don't. We did like five, six cities in Florida, like went across the top of the States, right under the Canadian border. And, and a lot of the shows in small towns like weren't that bumping, mm-hmm. you know, but then LA and New York and Chicago and whatever, you know, Austin, those were good shows. But, but yeah, it was just like, just cruising. We're cruising. We're, we're doing it up. Yeah. You know? I don't know. in in those instances you don't really think about money or luckily my whole band were like kind of you know just slobs like me that were (laughs) kind of like well we don't have anything else going on so we might as well get in the car and like go on the you know it almost feels like more of a road trip with instruments than a tour you know but uh then at some point it kind of switched over and then all the shows got they weren't huge all of a sudden but it was like everything was sold out all of a sudden probably when my first like full-length record came out or something, number two or something. But uh, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah, it it was weird when it swapped over. The power of the internet.
2: Yeah, because that's kind of something I wanted to touch on because for me, like, everything has happened extremely fast and I'm still kind of in that stage. Like, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing at all.
1: Here's the the trick is you kind of never do. Yeah. um,
2: Yeah. But like there's just like this weird lingering feeling that like when this is all over, there's gonna be like bigger crowds. And I'm also making music that's like happier. And there's just kind of this strange pressure of just like being a, a laid back person. And it's, a, it's an instance with a lot of pressure. Um, and so I, I just wonder like how you dealt with that at the beginning, like, cause you seem like a generally pretty down to earth, like laid back person. Um, and then keeping up that persona with more pressure being added, um, what that's like, if you even think about it, I mean,
1: yeah, I never really paid it too much mind. It was like, I mean, when shit started getting, you know, people started coming to the shows and stuff, I was nervous, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but usually what I did to combat that was just get drunker than usual, you know, but, uh, Mm -hmm. which is not, I don't recommend that. I would not recommend that to anyone, but, uh i don't know we just it was honestly like things were moving so fast that we were touring and we were playing and we were doing this thing and then like i'd be home for a month and i'd be like shit i gotta make an album then i'd like you know made salad days or whatever and it's like cool and then you know send it to mastering get back on the plane go back to europe honestly a lot of (laughs) that time frame is kind of blurry to me because it was just like boom 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 boom, boom. but uh i think for me because i came from uh, smaller scenes. And like, I looked up to a lot of bands that, that had really like carved out how to tour in the States and and do, you know, DIY touring and, and, and kind of, you know, doing things their own way. It's like, even when presented with a bunch of, you know, opportunities or when people were coming up to me at the bar being like, Hey kid, want to talk to you about being your manager? You know, it was like, I, you know, it took me a long time to get a booking agent (laughs) before. I mean, I love my booking agent now, but, and my, you know, my manager or whatever, but I I, com- I came from the school that was like, no, like, no, I don't want you. You're like, I don't need you, you know? Mm-hmm. So so it took me a long time to get one. It took me a long time to agree to have someone manage me, like <laughs> lawyers. I was like, what the hell what are you talking about? You know, even mm-hmm. even now, even now, it's like, you know, for the size venues we play, a lot of people would look at, you know, we're rolling up to like Red Rocks or something in like a sprinter van, you know, it's <laughs> like uh, – there's just weird mental blocks that i have where it's like tour bus no way like that's for weirdos like screw that you know yeah. i mean we we have taken a couple now and it is kind of dope <laughs> but, uh, but you know it's just like there's there's things like that where it's you know just keeping the crew really small keeping it you know in like people that i've known for a long time or i, I don't know but on like a personality level i don't i just try and do me i don't really ever think about how people interpret how I am or how we are on stage or anything right. like that. We just kind of do it, you know, and I've never really thought about it. I just, if it doesn't, I think the other thing with me too is that it's like, if something doesn't really feel natural or comfortable, then I, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just not going to do it. Right. You know, but I don't know. That being said, I've been, you know, to tons of photo shoots where they <laughs> dressed me up in all kinds of garbage. And I was too nice <laughs> to tell them to go fuck themselves. So... I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of a maze. It's a bit of a maze.
2: Yeah, I I just think that's awesome that you have been so, like, true to yourself. I don't know. I feel like there's just this general narrative that, like, once you become a bigger musician, like, you're going to sell out, like, eventually. So it's kind of this um, lingering, like, demon on my shoulder.
1: It's funny. A lot of kids don't even know what selling out means yeah.
2: anymore. Uh, yeah, true.
1: The Internet's tricked everyone into into your Instagram page is like your personal brand or whatever. And it's like being an influencer is cool or something now. Yeah. Or like, you know, getting <laughs> brand sponsorships is like a good idea. It's like, you look like an idiot, kid. You know, yeah. it's like, it's not a good, it's not a good vibe. You know, I, so some kids will tell you selling out is when you sell out a venue. It's like, uh, hmm, you don't quite get it. Yeah. You know, so I, it's interesting. That kind of ties into, you know, the way that indie and like major artists there's no divide really anymore. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's kind of confusing to everyone. I mean, that the on the other hand too, it's like a lot of huge artists. You know, say, say like, I don't know, who do I like that's gigantic? Kendrick Lamar or something. You know, like he's one of the world's biggest artists. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's amazing, and I think he he's true to himself and doing the music that he. You know, it's it's awesome. What he right. what he outputs is awesome. So it's kind of like, there could be exceptions, you know. Mm-hmm. But then there's there's total Tony Balonies out there as well. <laughs> but I don't know. It's a crazy world.
2: It is. It definitely is. I think just the, like, stage that I'm in is the part that you, like, were describing in your timeline is, like, a blur. I feel like everyone yeah. should have this time be a blur, and all I can do yeah. is, like, reflect about it. And so I just, like, got to mm-hmm. go do something, you know? It's, it's just weird, like, having to linger
1: yeah. here. <laughs> I, yeah. That's the thing. I'm lucky that I'm all, you know— an old toad already with the uh, with the coronavirus. I feel bad for kids your age though. It's like like a lot of my friends were you know on tour or about to go on tour, had their tour canceled or whatever else and it's like I, f- I almost feel like an asshole being like I needed the break like my body's falling no, apart. No, I mean but, but you did. Like, <laughs> you know, it's
2: it's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, you know, but it's but I feel bad cuz it's like, you know, you you guys it was it's popping off for you. You should be out there rocking and rolling and having a good time, you know. Yeah. All I can say to that, though, is that when when shows do come back, people are going to be so amped yeah. to go to shows. Like, so incredibly jacked. It's, I'm kind of yeah, nervous. Gonna be it's really it's going to be
2: some crazy energy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's going to be nuts. It's going to yeah. be awesome, though. The craziest thing is, like, the, the rescheduling game. It's like I talk to my manager every once in a while. Oh, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, they're looking to push back to, you know, this date. And I'm like, uh-huh. And, like, the uh-huh is kind of like, well... Cool. We can push it then, but like is it really gonna happen then or is it just right. gonna get pushed more? And it's like, you know, it's like I haven't I haven't had anything rescheduled yet where I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like that'll work. Even in Europe, because I know they're trying to start doing stuff in Europe and we have stuff for next year. And I'm kinda like, Yeah, okay, yeah, sure, sure. That'll yeah. happen. Uh huh. Maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I, I have no idea. But uh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we'll it's have crazy. to
2: see hope hopefully sooner than later but highly doubted
1: yeah you working on stuff right
2: now yeah just kind of finishing up this next record i mean obviously just every timeline that could possibly exist is starting to cross over with each other and i don't really know when it'll be out but i'm working on it yeah it's it's definitely it's a lot less of an attempt really to like fit in with like the indie thing we were talking about and more just like what I'm actually listening to. So it really is like pretty Michael McDonald on the D50 like inspired kind of stuff. So I'm That's stoked tight. and you know, hopefully it's received well. But then again- What like, is your
1: main instrument? Is it you play are you a piano player? Is that your vibe?
2: Um, I've been told it's or guitar, kinda, but it's like, I, uh, I don't I don't really know how to play anything well. It's kind of like you were talking about how like you didn't like feel like you could go and play something. It's like you met those people. And I honestly, like, felt like I felt that way, but my music already existed, and then, like, people found that music, and so, like, I'm kind of in this weird uh, position where um, I still don't feel like I'm that great at playing anything, but, like, people are listening, so I don't know. I would say production is probably, like, what I am best at, but
1: who knows? A pinch of this, a pinch of that. Yeah. It's kind of the same. I mean, I don't really know how to play anything well, but I can do a little bit on everything, so. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's the move.
2: Yeah, it's the way to do it.
1: Yeah, works for me. Well, Sloan, it has been my absolute pleasure chatting with you this uh, uh, Tuesday. 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 Keep your chin up with all the coronavirus baloney. And uh, good luck with the new tunes. Sorry that the tours got canceled, but they will be rescheduled. And uh, God bless and uh It has pleasure. been a pleasure,
2: Mac. Really, thank you again. It's been awesome learning from you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My pleasure. No problem. God bless. Ciao.
0: Thanks for listening to the TalkHouse podcast. This episode was produced by Melissa Kaplan. And as always, the TalkHouse theme is composed and performed by The Range. If you like what you heard, check out TalkHouse.com for lots more. See you next week.